Hello and welcome to Setting the Skein. I'm Ben. And I'm Tristan. And that's it. It's just oh. the two of us. Oh, uh, no. Because uh, Doug, well, you see, Doug, uh, he's actually on the run from the law. Um, but I've heard that he's hiding out in Texas uh, under the cover of some like week-long intensive or something. Uh, but he's actually on the run because yeah, uh, he decided that uh, after he received top secret information uh, from the government, that he was just going to go on a talk show and just tell everyone. You may have heard something about it, something about the end of the world or something. Personally, I think he's kind of crazy, but. But then Elijah was also there and came in and smoothed things over for a little while yep. until he also blew up. Yep. And of anyway, course, that has nothing to about... do with the movie that we were, uh, were uh, talking about. Um, well, Ben, I had a paper thin, smooth transition into the movie. And when's the last time we is, did a now paper it's been smooth transition? Now it's been demolished. So, well, thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> thanks for coming on the show, Ben. Uh, for coming on the show, I host this thing. <laughs> what What did we watch this week, Ben? Well, Tristan, I am glad you asked. We watched the 2021 Oscar nominee for Best Picture for some reason. Um, Adam McKay's Don't Look Up, uh, starring a whole bunch of famous people, including Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, Rob Morgan, Jonah Hill, Mark Rylance, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet, Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande, Kit Cuddy, Himesh Patel, Melanie Lineski, Michael Chiklis is in this, um, a whole bunch of other people that are uh, also probably somewhat famous, uh, if not equally famous uh, to those people already mentioned. Uh, pretty much this movie oh wait let me do the ratings uh on yeah. imdb has a 7.2 out of 10 uh give me just a second to look up what it has on other things because i did not prepare rotten tomatoes uh, gives it a 56 is that the uh critic or the audience score uh that is the critic that's the critic score yep, audience gave it a 78 uh common sense media gave it a five out of five uh see 3.8 stars out of five on google uh it's common sense to just not look up ben honestly I'm, i might get in trouble for saying this that doesn't surprise me a bit yeah right <laughs> i know nothing about common sense media but knowing that they gave this movie a five out of five that does not surprise me at all common um, sense media i mean what do they give a one <laughs> Like what knows, would, uh, man. Th- they typically give movies three to five. I've never yeah. seen them give anything lower. I don't know who runs common sense media or it doesn't yeah, make sense do to me. Neither There's no I. common sense in the, in the program. Oh, hey, that, that's the thing. Anyway, Tristan, what's this movie about? Uh, tell me not to look up. What, what happens if I look up? You'll see a uh, six to nine kilometer uh, ash or comet coming directly towards earth. Well, that doesn't sound good. Uh, you no. know, maybe, Maybe we should do something about that. Maybe we should. That's a good idea. Hey, uh, hey I got a perfect idea. Brilliant. You're going to love it. All right. What if we send up drones to the comet and then decided uh, we, we broke up the comet so it, it was more manageable and then we just made a bunch of money off of it? Well, the comet does have a lot of invaluable resources. There you it, go. So I think See, that's a good a, idea. It's a perfect plan. Absolutely nothing can go wrong. So we're going to commit to this and hmm, we're, any we're other ideas that we had nope. and any other ideas that other countries may nope. have had, we're throwing them all off the window. Nope, not going to work. Is the best, this is the best option. 
This, this is the only option. It's the only way Hopefully that uh, we can we can get rid of this comet. Uh, it's the only way that uh, we can get rid of this comet and we can line our wallets with uh, all, all the money. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, this movie is about as subtle as a uh, as a sack of bricks hitting you in the face. Well, I mean, it, it starts. It's from the get go. Like literally, the the first five minutes, you know what's happening. So, um, yeah, we just said it in no certain terms. Uh, basically, several scientists discover a comet heading for Earth. It'll hit in six months and fourteen days, and then six months, and then throughout the course of six months and fourteen days, they attempt to warn everyone. They eventually get through to the government. The government sends up a spoiler alert. They send up a bunch of old decommissioned rockets. They turn them around. And then one rocket that's also piloted by Ron Perlman. Yes. And they eventually discover from a tech billionaire that uh, that the comma actually... not Jeff Bezos. It's a mixture of like Jeff Bezos and like Bill Gates and like Steve Jobs. I like got heavy Jeff Bezos five. Elon Musk, like it's a or it's Elon, a, yeah. Like it's a it's it's just an amalgamation of every rich dude. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's all they're all monopolies anyway. Um, and he just you know he, he says, hey, there's a lot of good materials in this that'll make us really rich. And then the president's like, oh well, oh, I like buddy. that. I love so, money. Let's go with your idea to mine it instead of uh, doing anything else about it. I'd say, and forget all the money that we've already thrown away on this fight. Uh, we're just going to turn that right around, uh, yeah. and we're going to we're going to do your thing. We're going to trust the the corporation. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's what happens mm-hmm. in this movie. So Tristan, tell me, uh, before tonight, had you have you seen this movie? I I saw it. Um, not long after it came out, the internet was a buzz with it, and so I, I gave it a watch, and uh, you know, the rest was history. All right. Uh, well, tonight was my first time watching this. Um, coming in, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Uh, my fiance Macy had already seen it, and I was part of a text chain where she was texting uh, the boys about the movie, and she, well, I mean, she was not a fan. Um, well, she did. To be clear. She actually didn't want to watch it for some reason at first. Well, I think I started watching it and then was like, this is not very good and turned it off. And then, okay. uh, And then I said, you should keep watching it. And then she did eventually, I guess. And then then she still didn't like it. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, So I kind of heard a little bit of both uh, coming in and still don't really know what to expect, but I watched it. Didn't love it. Um, but you know, let's, let's dive into this. Um, obviously, right. you know, we are here, we are very opposed on our views because I know that you, you enjoyed this movie. Um, and well, I described this movie as Oscar nominated for best picture for some reason. Well, actually um, the Academy described it that way. Well, that is also how I described it. Just uh, repeating what, I introduced they, the what film. said. Well, yeah. I mean, I, whatever. But anyway, this is a uh, disaster film. Uh, disaster films is exactly what it sounds like. It's a film about a disaster. Um, yeah. T- typically, disaster movies encompass the entirety of humanity, mm-hmm. either on a, a planet-wide blowing up level or a virus or aliens or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Although I think you can't have localized disaster films like Twister. Um, that's true. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of rare. 
honestly, still, I feel that it's kind of rare to see a movie come out in which everyone is going to die. Like all of the people, you know? Um, it uh, it kind of reminded me of, if you ever saw Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, that's a movie in which there is also a comet coming towards Earth and everyone thinks they're going to die. And so... Do you want me to tell you? I mean, I'm never going to watch the movie. I don't even remember the name of it. They do. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, and it's very sad at the end. It's got um, Steve Carell in it, I think. And uh, it's really it's really emotional. And I, you know, it just made me think of that movie. Parts of this movie made me think of that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the idea behind a disaster film. I mean, in my experience, they make me really sad. And... Uh, they just kind of hurt me, but like usually it shows the, it sh- it usually shows some of the purest human emotion you can get, because like what have the, what have they got to lose honestly? <laughs> um, so a lot of people typically opening up, loves beginning, loves ending. I mean, you know the worst pure adrenaline causing people to do all sorts of things. Yeah, and even the really bad harmful things as well. Um, but typically, you know, it, it brings out a lot of different different stuff so i find them interesting i feel like there's almost two categories of disaster films like there's the ones that like you're talking about that really make you feel some kind of emotion and then you get the type that you you go to the movies and you're watching the trailer before the movie and you see this trailer for this uh overproduced disaster film and then you forget that that movie exists like a three minutes later well look ben nothing brings people together like a shared trauma i mean you're right you and, you are absolutely right. Right, and that is what this movie brings in a nutshell. Um, although some pe- a lot of people deny it that there's a shared trauma until uh, till the end. Well, I mean, what, what what would you expect? It's the end of the world. People are going to deny it. People are going to try and profit off of it. And welcome, welcome to the world. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, that, that's, that's why this movie to me, it feels like, like I, I enjoy watching this film to a certain extent. I, it pains me because of the ending. Spoiler alert, they all die. (laughs) Um, Except and, for the uh, few that make it off planet who make it off planet and then proceed to die. And then proceed to die 22,000 years later. Right. Um, I mean, it's just, it, it is very sad. And it's like, this movie does it in a way that it's like, yeah, this, this could happen. I mean, with the current political climate, which is a weird thing to say, with the current political climate, I suppose a comet could hit the Earth. Like, how are those correlated? Well, pretty directly, actually. Well, you, you see you're going to have um, one group of people who see the comet as an opportunity to make a whole lot of money. Uh, you're going to have some folks who deny that the comet even exists. And then you're going to have people who are actually trying to um, are actually trying to stop the thing from hitting us. Well, tell us about those people, Ben. Who are the two leads we got in this? Sure. Uh, so the two leads are two scientists played by Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. Um, 
say uh, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, is this humble, mild-mannered uh, astronomy professor at Michigan State. He's got a wife, a uh, few kids, and one night he is, um, well, he's got this um, PhD student played by um, Jennifer Lawrence, whose name I can't remember, um, and she is uh, charting this comet. And uh, after they chart the comet, uh, he starts making all of these like, um, I don't know, it's not predictions or like projections for like where it's going to go. And soon he realizes, oh crap, it's coming here. Uh, yeah. It's going to intersect the earth. It's gigantic. It's going to destroy all life. Um, and from there, the movie goes. Um, and one thing that is peculiar to me throughout this movie is Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Um, now his name is escaping me. Um, Dr. Mindy. Dr. Mindy, thank you. Because um, he takes a bit of a wild ride throughout this movie. Uh, so he starts as this kind of mild-mannered guy, not really built for TV or anything. Um, but after meeting the president and them actually believing, uh, he ends up getting put on TV. And the first time he's kind of like very uncomfortable. Um, they show at the beginning he's on a lot of medications which gets explained a little bit later uh and then he becomes this uh he gets seen on there and he uh i forget the um uh terminology that's used but he's essentially made into a i think it was an a-i-l-f uh an astronomer i'd love to f <laughs> nice and, yeah, yeah um and then he cheats on his wife for some reason with a talk show host, uh, becomes this guy that is just like super comfortable on TV and becomes a spokesperson for the government. And then he gets caught by his wife cheating on her. And it's the thing with his wife that I don't understand. I don't understand why he would have cheated on his wife in that situation. Because he's a weak guy. Like that's like, from the get-go you see that he's just he's just weak sauce i mean i get like that, that but sucks like... for him but like you know he 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 finds some sort of worth he feels like he's being listened to he gets all these different things he, even though how fake it is he doesn't realize it's fake from from this talk show host and he goes for it like an idiot because he is also a fallible human uh, and it, i mean it just doesn't make sense to me um it makes sense to me <laughs> people can do that <laughs> i mean it, it, i feel like it would be one thing if they had shown at all that there were any kind of issues between the two of them but like other than him just not being able to be with his wife there's really no sign of any issues between them so i, um, I, I just don't understand why he would go to someone else instead of calling his wife there doesn't, there doesn't have to be an issue between them. He is obsessed with this thing. Um, it becomes his life. And so, and he's away from her a lot. And I mean, you see in this, there's a scene where he's right before the FBI pick him up, where he's looking on the computer, like Reddit or something. And he's like really angry at people commenting. And, uh, and his wife's like, you know, this isn't like you, basically. She says something else, but she's like, you know, you've been on there a long time. And he's like, but I got, but I got to do, I got to, like, he's, he's obsessive, mm. you know, he's just kind of a weak dude. And there's more to it than that, 
obviously, but to sum it up. And then his counterpart in this movie, she's like a hard ass, but like she's too hard. Yeah. And like she goes at things too hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> they're 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 two extremes. Um one of the there there are several points in this movie um that I that just I was telling Ben about this before we started recording that I think you know I when I was watching this movie the second time leading up to it I was just thinking like what like I was like I hope this doesn't happen even though I know it I've seen it I know it's gonna happen but it, it's the it's the part where um uh what's her name Dibiaski Dibinsky I can't uh, remember I think Kate Dibiaski yeah that's it um she's on that talk show for like the first time mm-hmm. and she just has a big outburst at, at, at the end of it and she walks off because she's freaked out that there's a comet heading towards earth it's going to destroy it and here's the thing the world up to that point is very skeptical of these scientists because peer-reviewed studies have not all come in yet um the, the government even though they got to speak with the president did not believe them or basically believed them but thought it wasn't a real threat. Mm-hmm. The New York Times, or rather the New York Herald, but is the New York Times in this movie. Even um, Saint They, yeah, they, they um, ran a story. It didn't get picked up really. Mm-hmm. It analytics were bad, so they said it's not good. And then one of the news, uh, one of the editors in the room was like, "Well, my buddy said that it's it's this, so mm-hmm. you guys are liars." And it's like. So people are clearly just not believing or on or are on edge for various so, and then reasons. You've also got the president's chief of staff, who is also her son, who's like, "Well, Michigan State, <laughs> that's not a good school." <laughs> Michigan and he, State. And he's just he's just an idiot. Yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, all these things leading up to her outburst happen, and it's it's valid that she is that angry of course um but it leads to this like that's the tipping point for a lot of people because now she's a joke now they can make memes about it and now they're not taken seriously at least she certainly isn't maybe the doctor still has a chance and he does still have a chance um but that's like the first kick that that's like the first kick to the shin um with her character so I just find them both like to be opposites and an interesting an, an interesting duo for this movie. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess, but like, it didn't do a lot for me. Uh, let's talk about some of your <laughs> other characters. Um, how do you feel about the the president and her staff and all that, and the random former porn star that got anointed to the Supreme Court? Well, I mean, it's like a literal parallel to Trump. Oh, I, like, I'm I'm fully aware. <laughs> not that Donald Trump is like as, even though he can be, not like as showy as she is. I think she's probably more verbose, actually, than Donald Trump is. Um, more eloquent in speech, perhaps. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that. That's what um, I mean to say. Okay. That's the that's the word I meant to use, I guess. Okay. Um, but but it, it still stands. I mean. Trump putting his son or family members in positions of power. She puts mm-hmm. her son in, like, as her chief of staff. He's an actual idiot. I don't know about Trump's children. They are, I mean, I don't like them necessarily, like, political views aside. 
<laughs> um, Political views I'm, aside, they're still kind of idiots. Yeah, but I mean, like it, like you see the curtain pulled back on these characters and how mm-hmm. how it could be, and it's like maybe it is this way. I don't know, but in any case, we've got skeptics in the government and essentially conspiracy theorists running the show, um, and it takes a lot for them to move because also she's steeped in controversy about about this supreme court justice she nominated and it's kind of similar to it's it's just a mixture of the trump thing with that porn star and the trump dominating people to the supreme court that you know like brett kavanaugh was very not liked you know stuff like that tony barrett was come after a lot for her lack of qualifications like and the sheriff, that sheriff in Texas or wherever it was that was really hard on people that he wanted to nominate to something. Hmm. I don't know. He also wore a cowboy hat. Um, and you've got Ron Perlman's character who is, who uh, to quote a line from the movie, comes from a different generation. Uh, it's another way of saying that he's incessantly racist. Uh, and he's yeah. just all around a horrible person. Yeah. So... But I mean, a, a lot of this stuff is like, it, it's like par for the course when it comes to the the Trumpist belief, you know? And yeah, I don't I mean, mean to go, turn this into like politics I, talk. Yeah, but I mean, going back to what I said earlier, this movie is as subtle as the, being hit in the face with a bag of bricks. Uh, this movie has a very clear message that it's trying to tell you, and it's going to hit you in the face with that over and over and over again. But here's the thing. We, I mean... Ben, you and me, we've talked with friends, we've talked at length about our feelings in politics, and we greatly feel that this is a wacky turn of events that the world has set course on, that Donald Trump had become president. Mm -hmm. And so to see a movie in which someone like Trump is president, and I mean, just imagine if in the real world, this event had taken place two years ago, you know, or three years ago, or whatever. It's like coming up I, on three years ago, this new thing that no one really knows anything about coming out and people are like, oh, that's not real or that's not anything that we have to worry about. And then suddenly uh, close to a million people are dead. Hmm. Man, wonder what uh, this uh, movie is a metaphor for. Yeah, and exactly. That's a thinker. Well, I mean, it. Uh, I don't. But th- there you go. I mean, that's like that's that's the. That's the interesting part of it to me is like, see, and that's what I hate. I hate that this movie is not remotely clever in the message that it's trying to tell. It's trying to tell you like it, there is no deeper meaning. There is nothing. It's just, Hey, this is what we think. And this is what's been happening the last almost three years now. And it's a message that you probably already knew. And we're just going to do it again. I mean, the plot is not that for it. The plot is not that message. The plot is there's a comet coming for Earth. It's the and people the who are around. A, on... The plot is a method to tell that story, that no, message. The yes, the plot tells is. the plot. There well, are characters I mean, in the plot. world. There's the government that exists currently, and it's the one that exists at the beginning of COVID. And yeah, it's crazy. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess I don't understand what the, what the negative feelings are here. I mean, this movie, the way that it hits you over the head with this, uh, I, I was talking to Doug throughout the movie, and he said that he appreciates 
this movie as a satire of the government and everything yeah which it's fairly accurate which my issue with it is that it's so i think this movie is so as like equally parts like so completely over the top but also this is seems like exactly what would happen and it's just so it's not even over the top though right because this is exactly what would happen so that's the real world. Ben, I think you're just angry that we live in the world we live in. I mean, that's I think entirely that's possible. And I don't want to be reminded of that. <laughs> I mean, well, that's entirely clearly, possible I mean, that's okay. for the reason that this I hate this movie. movie. This isn't, disaster movies like this are not for everyone. It's what I said earlier. It's like, this is a dire film. Like, it hits hard. Like, this is something, like, some of these movies, like, speaking in front of in the world, it's stuff that sits with you, man. Like, you watch this movie and you're like, shit, like that, that is tough. Like that is a never going to think of this movie ever again until uh, I inevitably watched the Oscars and it went something. Ben, you can't tell me that thinking you can't just not. I can't remember the characters names in this movie. That doesn't matter. I'm talking about the fact that everyone dies. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I understand that you like this movie, Tristan. I do. Um, I don't like it that much. Okay. <laughs> I just don't hate it. <laughs> See, I hate it because I, I I do understand that like this is a real thing that is conceivable and also sure. I one, I don't want to be reminded of that and two, it feels like a waste of a movie to do this to tell everyone what we already knew. Like I just... What other disaster movies have you seen that you've liked, Ben? Because the world ends. I'm talking about the ones where things don't go well. Are there movies that don't go well that you you actually liked? I mean, I will say I'm not a big disaster film enthusiast. I don't go around watching disaster movies. I mean, I don't think this is going to be high up on a lot of people's ratings. And judging by the the reviews... It's not that high up. It's not. I mean, doing you bad. say that, but the Academy is also like, we think you could win Best Picture. Maybe. I mean, the Academy. Ben, we both know <laughs> the Academy is not that great. Okay. I mean, you get no argument for me, but at the same time, not just any film gets nominated for Best Picture. Uh, these days, it might. Not ben. just any film gets nominated for Best Picture. Well, we I guess we disagree there. Um, I mean, look at the other movies that are nominated. Uh, you've got stuff like Dune, uh, the uh, what's the movie about the dog? Power of the Dog. That one. Um, several other movies that are like actually critically well received. I mean, are nominated what, for this. And which which movie in that list is not that good, but is the most culturally relevant? There's one we just watched it. I mean, it's this one, but. <laughs> being culturally relevant i mean to the academy probably a a good reason to put a movie up for best picture to the academy eh, i think that's a dumb reason come on ben that's the academy reason well of course it is it's the academy i'll tell you why the academy nominated this film for best picture look at the cast and tell me how many people you don't recognize because just about every single person in this movie is famous is like a big name actor, even if it's a small part. Timothy freaking Chalamet shows up halfway through the movie to, I guess, be Jennifer Lawrence's 
end of the world boyfriend no that's not the reason he's in the plot i'll talk about that later though <laughs> but i mean <laughs> I he have just something shows to say up about him. like halfway through the movie it's like oh hi i'm timothy chalamet uh, i'm i'm here and um oh yeah we're an item now by the way this movie is just so poorly made it's just sloppy i feel like and it is the slowest movie in the world because it is almost two and a half hours and it feels more like five it is it is it is fairly slow um at some parts um (laughs) most of the things that happen in this film that contribute to the plot are are very obvious like they're all symbolic like everything that happens is is, a, is symbolic going from the government being like that's trump government to timothy chalamet's prayer at the end and his whole reason for existing in this film um i mean and then you look at like the the guy in charge of bash and like he's just all the billionaires put into one you know i mean anyway I think Leo DiCaprio gave a great performance, actually. Like, he had a really good character. I enjoyed watching him act. I mean, I think he did a good job, but I, I think it was just so overshadowed by everything else happening in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's this probably movie an feels ensemble like cast. a giant joke. Yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, who's the guy that directed Adam McKay? Um, I feel like he was like, hey, uh, we, we just went through COVID. Let's write a movie like that. Um and just hire all of the like top actors in the field. And you know what? We'll uh, bring in Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi for a couple cameos. And then you can't tell me thing. you think it's that simple. You can't tell me you think it's that simple. I think it's that simple. Benjamin Tankersley. Tristan Webb. I, this movie feels like a colossal waste of time. Well, you may be right about that. I mean, everyone <laughs> dies at the end. So what's the message? I'll tell I mean, you I, I think you can have a movie where everyone dies at the end, and it's still a good movie that gives a message. For example, Rogue One. All of the important characters die at the end of the movie, but it still brings the message that uh, you can give your life for hope because you know how that story ends with the original Star Wars trilogy. Like, there... You can have a movie where people die at the end, and it's still a good movie. Okay, well, let me... Um tell you why this is a good ending then um there are two reasons why um they kind of saved the movie in my opinion um one of them is the lesser one which is leo dicaprio's line at the very end of the film the last thing he says and here it is i i say quote we really did have everything did we i mean when you really think about it that and, and and everyone sits with that, and then the comet waves reaches them and they die, and they think about that. We really did have everything. We and that's that's multi pronged. We had everything to fight this. We could have done it. We had we had the rockets. We had the technology. We had everything we needed. But it was the greed of mankind and the politics and everything that brought us to where we are that brought us down to it you can think about we had all the luxuries of life we we got to the point in our society where 
we probably had reached our peak talking about the movie still of course like it once you once you get more regulation and and more and the world looks more like a corporation for a lot of people it goes downhill pretty quickly from there i mean look at dystopian movies look at like futuristic movies look at like 1984 you know like there are lots of things that lead to that he says we really have everything he's sitting with his family right there with him as he looks at them and friends and people he's spent the end of the world with like there's a connection there to me that is really powerful what he says at the end and it's powerful for several reasons but that's the lesser of it to me the the even bigger thing is um is the prayer that Timothy Chalamet's character gives. And to me, the whole reason he's in this film is uh, because he is the, he's the hope. Even, even when there is no hope, he, his character serves to bring hope to the other characters. And, he, and they don't even realize it until at the very end. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence's character sees that he's a Christian and he prays and I mean, you may have certain thoughts about him saying evangelical background or whatever, but when you get to the end and he has his prayer, it's like, he just, he just prays for peace. He prays for God's love and he prays for courage and strength to get through what is to come. To me, that seals the deal. That is that is that is that is the closure that as a viewer and as someone who's taking in this what's happening on the screen to me that's what i needed to hear from this movie to say here's the cap on that bottle the world is ending it's really terrible but at least we can hope in something greater something that is even stronger than a comet some faith you know and I'm here with people. I've, I've connected to them. Leo DiCaprio says that at the end, there's a connection there. And I just, I, I mean, I don't think the movie is that great, honestly, but at the end of the film, and I'm big on endings that really, really ties it together well for me. And it really affects how I see the whole film, both of those moments. Well, Tristan, I'm really glad that um, you and, you had both of those moments for you. And I mean, I, I will agree. I think that that scene with them sitting around the table, that last scene is the best scene in the entire movie. However, by the time that I got to that point in the movie, I did not care. Like I did not care about a single character in the movie. And I was like, I'm ready for this to be over. I'm sorry, Ben. I can't make you care about characters. I, I mean, I know. Uh, I'm glad that that scene was able to save the movie for you, but it it didn't it didn't do it for me. Oh well. Sorry. You ready to score the sucker? Yeah, let's do it. I guess I can go ahead and get it started. Uh, so, as I've made perfectly clear at this point, I did not like this movie. Um, like I said earlier, I think it's equal parts over the top and also something incredibly realistic that could happen um and it is about as subtle as the bag of bricks hitting you in the face um i got bored i got tired of it and at the i mean throughout the movie i was just like why 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 
Uh, but anyway, I'm going to give this movie a 35. Uh, it's got very holy few, crap. It's got very few redeeming qualities, and I never want to see this movie again. And I hope that no one in the Academy votes for this for Best Picture. I will be livid if it wins anything. Why? Why would you be livid? What do you care? Because it's such it a matter? bad movie. There are so many better movies. Why does it affect you so much? Seen any of them? What does it matter? I can. If get someone mad. punched. If someone punched your mom in the face, that's a reason to get angry, Ben. <laughs> but for for this movie winning the Academy Award, I mean, I I would not like actually be mad. I'd be like, well, that's dumb, and probably complain about it on the podcast. <laughs> that's what I mean by livid. Please, as soon as we stop recording, I'm never going to talk about this movie again. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, well, wow. Um, Where are you so going to this, Tristan? I I I didn't. I didn't love this movie. Um, this movie, this is a movie that makes me feel really, really sad and hopeless. And I think, I do think it's well produced. I think Leo did a great job in this movie. And I, I mean, I think Jennifer Lawrence did too. Um, but it just makes me so darn sad. However, the part, the thing that boosted it up for me to an 80 is the ending because I'm so fond of it and I will literally just watch the ending like and and pause it before hell breaks loose because that's really sad um because I just love that prayer I think it's such a good prayer and I think his line is so good at the end and it really just saves a lot of the film for me okay well after playing that into our patented scoreometer uh, we get a final score of 57.5. So this film is perfectly mediocre. I guess. I'm glad you agree. Anyway, next I don't. week. <laughs> anyway, next week, uh, we're talking about a movie that uh, personally I'm really excited to see. Um, I recommended it for the podcast, but I've never actually seen it. Um, but it's a I've movie it. that I have wanted to see for a long time. Um, yeah, food. I saw it on a phone in church, like randomly watched it on a phone. All right. Uh, well, it also stars Jonah Hill, uh, like this week's movie did, um, and also a bunch of other famous people. Uh, it is 2010's Mega Mind. Uh, I doubt we will be watching it in 3D, but it was made in 3D, so that's neat. Uh, nice. but I'm really excited to see this. Um, and I'm also really excited to talk about it. Um, but in the meantime, be sure to keep up with all the cool stuff that we're doing on social media at Vider Media. We've got new episodes of Sitting Skein every Wednesday. Uh, so be sure to tune in for that. Until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Tristan. And this has been Setting the Skein. I hope you guys all have a great rest of your week.